0: Hello. Welcome to the show. How are you this evening?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thank you so much for joining me. It's my absolute pleasure. So for my listeners who are not familiar with you and your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do?
1: I'm considered the world's fastest reader. I was in the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm the only person ever in there. It's been over 20 years. And uh, I teach other people. How to do it, how to learn and use information faster and better so they can be successful in the information-rich world.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. So that's interesting. So what what made you want to become the like, a fast reader or the world's fastest reader? Or was that – yeah, what got you down that path of like I'm going to learn how to just read as fast as I possibly can as quickly as possible?
1: Well, it started in Brooklyn. I grew up in the projects, which was not a great place. Lots of gangs. Mm -hmm. And I found the safest place in my neighborhood was the library. Gang kids treat libraries like vampires treat churches. They don't go there. (laughs) So I read a lot and I read well. I was reading the theory of relativity when I was eight. So when I went to college at 17, I majored in biology and I was interested in my junior year in the brain. So I went to the dean and said, I want to do two majors, bio and psych. There's a field in bio called psychobiology. And back then you had to do two majors. But I only had one year left. He said, you only have one year left. And frankly, you have to take six science courses at the same time and two four-hour labs. And you're not smart enough. I also had three part-time jobs. So I was working 18 hours a week. And I had to take 18 credits of science with two four-hour labs. And to put that in a perspective, Lab reports were done on slide rules then. So it took 16 hours to do the calculating. Mm-hmm. So one lab took 40 hours. It was four hours in the lab and 16 out. Well, it was, it was 20 hours. It was four hours in the lab and 16 hours of, of calculating. And then you do two of them. So that was the 40 hours. So he said, there's no way you could do it. And that's when I realized he never taught me how to learn, not in school or work. So I started learning how to learn. I got up to 80 pages a minute, did the four-year program in one year, even though he said I couldn't do it. And then I took the graduate record exam in bio. And in three nights, I reviewed 48 books like biochemistry, cell physiology plant systematics, genetics. I got four questions, actually three questions wrong. And I was in the 99th percentile in the world. Then it was like, well, is it me? Where did I find a way to learn? That's a big difference. If it's me, it's just a freak show. If it's, <laughs> if it's the system, then it's something people could actually use. Yeah. So I got a group of kids that were 11 to 15, taught them the system. We gave them a 30 chapter book in lifelong developmental psychology, which is a sophomore course. Remember, they were 11 to 15. They did it in a week. 15 out of 18 passed the CLEP, which is an AP test. Mm-hmm. So these kids, the oldest one was 15, was, with doing sophomore college courses in a week and passing them. So now I realize it was was a bigger thing than just I could do it. And to be honest, it's more important to me. Uh, Me doing it doesn't really help you or our audience. Them doing it could change their lives because we live in a knowledge-based economy. And it's really what you know that determines your success today.
0: Yeah, it really is. So what you're talking about sounds almost impossible. Um, which I'm sure you get that a lot. So can we start uh, just kind of talking about what, and breaking this down for what this, what this really is. So you said that you, originally you had to teach yourself how to, how to learn. How did you do that?
1: Well, I took all these courses in the brain and how it worked. Okay. And I realized mm-hmm. that we were making very smart fish and monkeys and rats, and we weren't using much of it with people. <laughs> I was like, I, I think this will work for people, too. Yeah. But uh, when I started applying it, I got some amazing outcomes. And then I, I took some graduate courses in reading to see what I missed. I didn't think I had everything. I, I had a pretty good idea what I was doing, but I thought there might be something I was missing. So I took graduate courses, and I saw the pieces that I hadn't thought of other people had done, and mm-hmm. I integrated it into what I was doing, and that's when I got much better results. Okay.
0: And so when you came up with this, let's say, this idea for everything, how did you first start teaching it outside of, of college to, to to people? Were you were you doing, I guess, calling again, calling together groups of people to teach this for? Do you create a, a system, or how did that initially sure.
1: work? I was at the Learning Annex. It was the largest adult learning group in the country it was in manhattan and i lived in brooklyn at the time okay. and i started teaching there and next day i knew they were putting me all over the us and canada i was going to about 18 cities and i would rotate through the cities every every weekend i was in an, it was a lot of fun one week i was in toronto the next week i was in san diego next week i was in minneapolis and i did that for 20 25 years so it was kind of fun i got to see a lot of the country Someone else paid for it. They made money yeah. doing yeah. it. So I had I had a lot of fun. I also enjoyed the contact. I mm-hmm. think you really learn by being with people. When I would have lunch, it was a four-hour class. So when I had lunch in the middle, I'd, I'd go with everyone. I would tell them where I was going to eat and ask them to come. And i listen. They'd tell me what you liked. And then I want to know what confused you. And they would say, like, if they said in Minneapolis, I didn't understand backwards reading, I'd say, okay, maybe it was just them. Then i go to San Francisco, and i say, I didn't understand backwards reading. And then I'd hear it three or four times, then I knew it was me. Because if three three or four people in three or four different cities had the same problem, the only person that could be causing it is me. (laughs) And so I made changes over time, listening to people and getting their feedback. And over the 30, 35 years I'm doing it, I don't have many people who can't do it anymore because I heard all the problems, mm-hmm. I addressed them, and then I'd go back and listen again. And if suddenly they weren't asking about that anymore, I, I knew I fixed it and move on to the next problem. But I really found that in interacting with people, not making presumptions about what they learned, but actually listening to what they were telling me was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And it gave me insight because I have to know what's going on in their mind, not what's going on in my mind. Right. right. At, at what point what? did the
0: Guest Book of World Records come across your desk? And, and how did that happen that you were oh, okay. the world's fastest reader? Sure. What was
1: that like? This is actually a I was I was doing a lot of radio, and it was a radio show in New Haven, Connecticut. I think it was W-E-L-I. It was um, Debbie. I don't remember her last name. But she was a very nice young lady and she had a friend, Pete Silver, and Pete was a marketer. And we got to be friends. I go every month and I do the show and Pete would say, you know, if you got in the Guinness record book, it would really help you with your marketing. And I says, well, how do you do that? And he told me, well, you have to send them evidence that you've got a record. So I contacted them. I said, basically you have to send either a video from a TV show or a newspaper clipping. And they weren't too anxious to do reading because they weren't sure how they can measure it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I sent them was five different videos from five different cities with news, news reporters who tested me and five different newspaper clippings from five other cities. So I had 10 different cities, 10 reporters. They said the average record only had one article or one video. They said, you had 10. So... <laughs> They said it was very unlikely that ten different reporters in ten different cities were all your friend or yeah. your cousin or somebody who you know, they were concerned one person it might be your nephew or your your friend or somebody that was trying to make you look good, but ten newspaper people in ten different cities, not likely. So they said mm-hmm. I actually had more evidence than most of the records. Most people don't realize they don't have the 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 bandwidth to go and check every record. So they kind of rely on the local media to give them the evidence. And because I had 10 different ones, that was what convinced them it was valid. Okay.
0: (laughs) Excellent. And that's, you're still in the Guinness book of world records. Is that correct?
1: They don't print it anymore. It was only done in 1990, but they've never put another person instead of me either. So I would say yes, in, in a sense that no one's ever broken the record that's been in the book. So it was in 1990, and in all that time, no one else has ever been able to establish a better record. There's a difference between reading fast and knowing what you're reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with Dick Cavett. He was a very famous talk show host many years ago, sort of like Johnny Carson. And Dick, you know, I got to be friends after the interview. We sat and talked. He said he interviewed Woody Allen and Woody told him he took Evelyn Woods, and he read War and Peace in five minutes, which is quite quick because it's about eleven hundred pages. Yeah. just That's amazing. What do you remember? And Woody said, It's about the Russian Revolution. That's <laughs> all I remember. And that was what speed reading really was. It was like it was about biology. It was about chemistry. It was a news article. But yeah. as far as like what did you learn? You really didn't learn anything. So I changed it. Instead of just reading, because reading isn't learning, even slow reading doesn't work for most people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, everyone would get an A. Uh, I use reading to find what I don't know. I use study skills to analyze what I didn't understand. I use memory skills to remember what I now know is important. And emotional intelligence skills. So when I'm using it, I'm not in a nervous state, like someone taking a test and forgetting their name. Mm -hmm. So it's more like a Swiss Army knife where reading's the big blade than just simply reading fast. I, I kind of see it as a complete learning system. And the guy who owned Evelyn Woods in its heyday was Tommy Thompson, Maurice Thompson, Jr. And he paid me to train his son to speed read. And he gave me a testimonial saying, you've gone past speed reading to speed learning, which is really what I was interested in bringing it into the 21st century. Of course, he wrote that in the 20th century, so <laughs> it was a little more impactful than now. But, you know, if you wrote that in 1990, it was a little more meaningful than in 2020, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So, so let's talk a little about your, your system then. So let's start with retaining information. So what are some basic ways that people can – and all of us can learn that w- allow us to retain more information and and quicker
1: when we actually do it instead of just talking about it i can demonstrate it and people can learn it
0: sure that'd be great
1: i'm going to give you 10 things to remember i won't show you how that's our control group remember the scientist. <laughs> then i'll show yeah. you how and okay. everyone listening can do this with you here's a little side tip Okay. You only remember 10% of what you read. That's not a lot. But you remember 90% of what you say and do. So I'm going to have you say and do cuz this isn't just an exercise. This is a tool and you'll okay. be using it after we learn it. Okay? Is that is that a deal?
0: Yeah, that's a that is a deal. I'm up for whatever this challenge is, hopefully.
1: <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine. Now you might make a few mistakes, but that's cuz your brain's learning. Okay. And that's how the brain learns. But by the time we're done, it'll make total sense. Okay. I'm gonna give you 10 things now, and I don't expect you to succeed this time. If you do, that would be the first time anyone's done it. <laughs> okay. All you right. Want to remember: pole, okay. shoes, tricycle, car, glove, gun, dice, skate, cat, and bowling pins. Was I safe to say you won't be able to do all 10 right now?
0: Uh, definitely not. I remember there's a, there's a pole, pole shoes, gun, glove, bowling pin.
1: That's actually above average. Oh yeah. That's still it's still quite you did quite well. Oh. Notice the ones you always remember the first and last one. Bowling yeah. pins was at the end. Pole was at the beginning. That's right. normal, by the way. People okay. have studied memory, and the beginning and end of a list are always the easiest to remember okay so that's you actually demonstrated that but probably the middle ones are the ones we're going to want to be able to figure out so why don't we do that is that sound like something we could do yes Yes. that
0: sounds like a great idea because that'd be great to to be able to memorize all 10 of these
1: and our listeners do this with us it'll help you it's actually a tool once we're done i'll show you how to use it the greeks discovered thousands of years ago a shortcut for memory If you take a list you know and take it to the list you want to know, it takes less time. And I'm going to bet you and our audience can count to 10. I think I'm on safe ground here. Yes,
0: you're (laughs) definitely on safe ground on that side. Okay.
1: That's a list. The numbers from 1 to 10 are a list. So we're going to use that list to learn the new list. Okay. We're going to start with the number 1, and it looks a lot like a flagpole. So when I say 1, you say pole. Ready? 1. One pole. Perfect. You got it right. See? Getting smarter. I like it. Let's do two. Two is shoes. How many shoes do you wear? Two. So what's
0: two? Two is shoes.
1: One. Pole. Perfect. Three is tricycle. How many wheels are on a tricycle? Three. Three wheels. What's what's three? Tricycle. Two. Shoes. One. Pole. Perfect. Four is a car. How many tires are on a car? Four. Four tires. So so four is a car. Go to two. Two is shoes. One. Pole. Three. Tricycle. You're jumping all over the map on purpose (laughs) because it's it's associating and it's a different type of memory. Five is a glove. How many fingers in a glove? Five. So what's five?
0: Five is a glove.
1: Three. Three is tricycle. One pole you're going back and forth it doesn't matter wow, six yeah. gun they love him in texas like a cowboy a six shooter oh yeah six six is gun four four car two shoe perfect lucky seven and dice right lucky yeah. seven yes. seven is dice what seven
0: seven is dice
1: what was five glove three tricycle one pole we're almost done
0: Holy cow! What?
1: Okay. <laughs> Rhymes work. Say eight skate. Eight skate. What's eight? Skate. Six. What did they love in Texas? Gun. Four. Car. Two. Shoe. Perfect. Nine is how many lives a cat has? So nine is a cat. What's Ooh. nine? Cat. Seven was lucky in the game of dice. And five. Glove. Three. Tricycle. One. Pole. Last one. Ten. How many bowling pins are in an alley? Oh, ten. So what's ten?
0: Bowling pins. Perfect. Bowling, pin?
1: bowling pins? That's right. Bowling okay. pins. Perfect. Let's do the ten together. One. Okay. Pole. Two. Shoe. Three.
0: Tricycle.
1: Four. Car. Five. Glove. Six. Texas. Gun. Seven. Lucky in. Dice. Eight rhymes with... Skate. Nine is a... Cat. And ten... Bowling pin. You just got all ten effortlessly.
0: Oh, my God. That's
1: awesome. Now, here's how to use it. It's a tool. (laughs) Okay, yeah. How do I I have these memorized? Numbers are often confusing to remember. Yeah. Let's say you travel a lot. A lot of people I, I do podcasts with are speakers. So they go to hotels... And you get confused after a while which room you're in because they all look the same. Yeah. So I'm in room 314. Three is a tricycle. One is a pole. Four is a car. Mm-hmm. Picture this in your mind. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. Can you see that? Yes. Tricycle hits a pole on a car. A tricycle, what number? Three. Hits a pole. One. On a car. Four. Four. That's your room number. It's also the value of pi in geometry. So you could use it in science and math to learn constants, history to learn dates. And in business, you can learn due dates, percentages, room numbers, phone numbers, wherever the, and the zero is the 10 bowling pins. So wherever you have a number, you could put a picture and you string the pictures together and put action there. And when you play the movie back with the pictures, the numbers come back.
0: Wow, how do you so how do you keep the the movies in order? So let let's say I'm trying to memorize multiple like lists of something. How do I keep them from being um, mixed up?
1: Well, it's like anything else you learn. You have you have compartments. Okay. It's like like bullets in a in a book. There's a list, and each list is a different list, and you learn the list separately, Mm -hmm. and the brain plays back the movie separately. Now, how does this work with reading? Mm -hmm. Very simple. When most people read, it's like they hear a voice in their head, like someone's talking. They're using their eyes to hear the words.
0: Yes, I do that all the time. I hear the playback, yeah.
1: But When you're driving in a car, it's more of a movie. You see the road in four directions, front, back, left, and right. Watch your gauges, watch the GPS. You're on the phone, you're talking to your friends, the radio's playing. <laughs> it's very right. visual. You're playing a movie of what's going on. You're kind of seeing where all the cars are, where all the turns are, and it's very easy to stay on top of the visual data. So mm-hmm. when I'm reading, as much as I can, I'm turning the book into a movie, and I'm seeing more and hearing less. I'm not saying I don't hear anything. Yeah. But seeing as much as I can. I'm making pictures out of everything I can picture. And then when I want to remember anything, I play the movie and the movie has all the data in it because pictures have so much data in them. And so when I see the image, I can then see all the elements just like we did with the list and I'm playing it back. So making it a little more visual immediately increases your reading speed by about a hundred percent. It takes about two 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 and a half hours to complete that aspect of the program but you're reading 100 percent faster with really good understanding by the time you're done
0: yeah Yeah. oh wow that sounds absolutely amazing so it's it's i guess maybe it's because it's in the beginning part because i so when i read non or fiction books i do try to let's say recreate the scenes in my head yeah but that does take at least for me at that without taking your classes takes, a, I think, a lot more time because I'm trying to, like, visualize and read at the same time. So in in, in your classes then, how do you – I guess how do you eliminate that voice in your head that's like the narrator?
1: I, I, I actually, asked, you asked two questions without <laughs> realizing it. You asked about <laughs> fiction and the voice. Let me address yeah. both issues. Okay. With fiction – I speed up the boring parts. Have you ever read a book and said, this is so boring, I don't think I can finish? It happens a lot. So what I do is I use the speed reading in the parts that are boring and not enjoyable. Okay. And I still know what's happening, but I don't feel anything, which is great, because what I was feeling was irritated and annoyed. (laughs) So that goes away because I'm going so fast. Yeah. So, like pulling off a band-aid quickly rather than slowly ripping all the hairs off your arm one at a time. You know, it hurts a second and it goes away versus it hurts for five minutes. And then when it gets interesting, where there's more ambiance, right? Tell people you don't chug Dom Perione, you don't skate past the Mona Lisa, and mm-hmm. you don't read a sonnet in two and a half seconds and get the beauty of the words. And so there's a time for slowing down and getting the feeling, which is what non what fiction is for. Mm-hmm. But because you've sped through so many boring sections, you've gotten done quicker and you've had more time to focus where the pleasure is. So that's, that's the first thing you asked is that, okay. and then I'll answer the second half, yeah. which was more about the voice. Yeah. And, The way we get rid of the voice is also the same way we increase speed. So if you'd like, let me do both at the same time. How to read faster, because as you go quicker, it gets more visual and the voice starts to fade away. Yeah. So how do you read faster? After we're done, I'd like everyone listening to pick a nonfiction book they understood completely. That is because the only thing that could confuse you since you already understand it is how fast you're reading. Yeah. If you don't know what you're reading, that's how you know you're going too fast because you you should know what you're reading. You already understood it. So read for a minute with a timer at your normal speed. Don't do anything different. And at the end of the minute, you can have a timer on your phone. A lot of people have watches, phones. There's a lot of ways you can time things. Yeah. end of the minute, take a pencil And mark off where you finish. So you go to the first chapter, read for a minute, see how far you get, put a pencil where you finish. So that's that's an assessment. Mm -hmm. Now the magic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go to the second chapter. This time, take your hand and go one line at a time from left to right with your eyes following your hand as fast as your hand is moving. Keep your eyes following your hand. And keep speeding up till you don't know what you're reading. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you went too fast because you should know what you're reading. It's something you understand. Slow down just enough so your comprehension comes back. And at that top speed where you can understand for five minutes, move your eye continuously across one line at a time, following your hand. When you've done that, go to the first chapter where you initially tested your speed mm-hmm. and do it again for a minute, but with your hand. And this time, you're going to go 20 to 40% faster than you did the first time just because of using your hand, partly because it's going to cut down slightly on the voice. As we get quicker, this is the first step, Right. The voice becomes less pertinent. You hear things that matter, Mm -hmm. Things that don't matter kind of disappear. Like when you look around the room, you don't see everything at the same time. There's sort of an area that's more focused and you can see other things around, but they Mm -hmm. aren't overwhelming Mm -hmm. you. Your eyes are focused on what matters. The same thing happens with the voice. You hear new words and things that are particularly important, but this less significant material kind of fades away that's more distracting and helpful. And if you'd like, I can next show what to look for. <laughs> yes, please do. People often say to me, one of the challenges in a book is there's too much to learn. Have you ever had that experience?
0: Yes, yes, I have.
1: And it's like, well, what do I want to find? Mm. What if I told you, Yuri, all you have to find is five things. Would that help?
0: Yes, that would help immensely.
1: But it help more if I told you what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would, that would help even more. Then I will. <laughs> That's, by the way, what I'm doing now is important. When people are laughing and having fun, they learn. Mm-hmm. Your brain likes to remember things that made it feel good. When you're in class, many times the students are like, when is the bell going to ring? Someone kill me. <laughs> you're not learning. Your brain is like, this is hurting. This person is hurting me. I want to get out of this room. If they're making you laugh, you can't wait to get back to that instructor again. So I make a point when I teach to make it fun. So people are enjoying themselves and their brain is remembering because it's fun, not because it's painful. So (laughs) let me give you those five things. That's just a little sidebar. That's called a meta program. When I'm doing things, there's a there's an invisible thing going behind the scenes. There's a psychological motive that's related to how the brain takes in the data that's mm-hmm. being employed that I'm making you conscious of. But I don't talk about when I do it, but today I am. So the five things. The first thing you want to look for are the words, 80%. Of learning a topic is the verbs the verbs the nouns it's learning the words and how do you know which words to learn if the writer's doing their job they make them look differently they're bold they italic they underline they're in color they're in a glossary they don't look the same it's like look at this it's different yeah learn those words if you know them you don't have to learn them the ones you don't know okay two names who's in your book what did they do Who's in the book? What did they do? Third, any number, date, statistical formula. What does it significate? How do you use it? That's very big in business. Numbers are very important. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing is in most nonfiction books, there are sections, headings, and subheadings that are like file folders that have themes. What are the five main ideas in every section and subsection? The big takeaways. Yeah. The last thing is questions and answers. And here's a little something that will help. If you have a book, like a textbook, that has questions at the end, read them first. You don't want to get to the end of 50 pages and find out you don't know any answers because you didn't know it was important. Mm-hmm. If you know before you start to read, these are the 10 things I need to know, when they show up, you'll know you need to know them. you pay more attention. So you don't have to read it twice which is what's happening. So think of this, Yuri, you know every word and what it means, every person and what they did, every number, date, statistic, and formula and how it's used, the five takeaways and every section and the answer to every question, what else do you think you need to know?
0: That's
1: That's that's it. (laughs) You got it? So here, I'm going to do an experiment, if you don't mind, with you and our audience to show you how the brain uses this. Is that Okay.
0: yeah Yeah. that sounds great
1: i like everyone listening to look around and make a mental picture of everything colored blue memorize all the blue things in your environment everything that looks blue memorize it lock it in so we're going to do a memory exercise in a minute okay perfect now close your eyes unless you're in a car don't close your eyes in a car (laughs) (laughs) that would be a bad thing yeah (laughs) And I want you to remember everything you just saw colored red and your brain went, wait, wait wait a minute. You said blue, right? Open your eyes. Don't want you to see what just happened. Blue things got bigger, louder and more noticeable and red and everything else disappeared. When you have a purpose and the purpose was the words, the names, the numbers, the main ideas, the questions, they get louder. It's like the brain bowls them like faces in a crowd When you're walking through a store, you don't know who's going to be there. So you don't you see lots of strangers and it doesn't matter because they're strangers. Mm -hmm. And then someone, you know, shows up, a friend, a relative, and you see them. But to see them, you had to see all the other people, too. But only when you saw someone who mattered, did your brain take notice? Well, when you're telling your brain these things matter, just like the faces that matter, the brain takes notice, even at high speed. And the information pops into your consciousness with greater awareness than it would if you were just looking at pages at random, which is how most people read. So now you can see if you have a purpose and you know what the purpose is and you're using your hand, you could read much faster with excellent comprehension and then remember it. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so let's talk about the memory part of it then.
1: So well, we how do you? Beginning, we did it at the beginning. We we did the list.
0: Right. We, right. we we did the list thing. We're all right. Okay. So we're.
1: That's okay. We do. I remember?
0: <laughs> I remember? Right. So I, I'm going through my list of questions, and I'm like, oh yeah, we already talked about the memory. That's
1: stuff. okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's what. Great. That's what. That's fine. We could yeah. talk about emotional intelligence because I think that's a big part of yes. what I'm doing. That's really different. The example I often use is. I'm teaching you to drive, okay. and I know you're ready to pass your road test. You're doing fine. I said, Yuri, go take your test. You come back, How Howard, I failed. Why did you fail? It was a test. I got nervous. How many of our listeners can relate to, I studied, I knew it, I was ready, and I got into the test room, and I just couldn't remember anything. I got so upset it was a test. I couldn't think straight. I mm-hmm. was nervous that's an emotional intelligence issue. I recently trained the special forces in the U.S. Army and with them, when you have a bad day, you work late or you have to change your vacation. They have a bad day, they get shot or killed. It's a much worse outcome. So it's talking to them about the emotional intelligence. And I said, you know, there's one question you could ask when things go wrong. It's the single most important question. It could keep you alive, and it could help you in business too. Would you like to know what it is? Yes, I would. What's the next best thing I can do now? Not why is this happening to me. That isn't going to fix it. (laughs) You know, It's happening. (laughs) What you're you're asking is how do I get out of this? How do I move from where I am to where I need to go? Your brain is a computer. The questions you ask determine the answers you get. So if you ask why this is happening to me, you'll find out, you say, why am I a loser? You'll find out why you're a loser. Say, how could I be a winner? You could find that out too. Many people, when they're learning, especially when they're forced to learn something, they don't want to, see if you can relate to this. Their brain's going through, this is boring, why do I have to learn this? I hate this. I'd much rather be doing, going out tonight with my friends than have to learn this garbage. Can you relate to that? What are you really telling your brain? Don't learn this. Yeah. Even the next day when you don't remember anything, it's like why don't I remember it? I spent all night studying. No, you spent all yeah. night telling your brain you don't like what you're learning and it should take and get rid of it as fast as possible because it's making you unhappy. So right. what you do matters and if you'd like I could show you assist a way to change a state if that would help.
0: Yes. I think being in like a peak state to would be perfect for right now. Thank you.
1: So I'm going to show you how to wake up. And now listeners can do this, too. If you're listening, stand up. You have a microphone, so probably it wouldn't be a good <laughs> idea. But nice. for everyone else, stand up for this one drill. And I'm going to show you how to wake up. So all when right. you're taking classes after work, you're kind of tired from working all day, you can wake up. Driving in traffic, when you have a long, boring meeting, and you're kind of losing your focus, you have to get Back back, alert. This will wake you up. So are you ready? Ready. Now we know the left side of the brain controls which part of our body? Right side. And the right controls? The left side. So if you're standing, take your left hand and touch your right shoulder, and then take your right hand and touch your left, like the Macarena without music, back and (laughs) forth. Perfect. And it's a brain massage. You're doing left and right. right. Okay. Now, same movement but left hand to right knee and right hand to left knee. And if you're standing, you'll notice you have to think a little more because your knee is moving from one side of your brain and your hand from the other. Now, raise your right hand over your head, squeeze your thumb and your palm, and say this like you mean it. I feel great, I feel great. And pull your hand down to your side and say yes, with passion, yes. Yes. We're gonna do three sets of these. When we're done, I'm going to show you to use this to wake up. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Starting with the shoulder taps. Go at my speed, left to right, right to left. Ready? Okay. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knee taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? I feel great. Yes. Second set, a little faster, starting with the shoulder taps. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? I feel great. Yes. Yes. This time as fast as you can possibly go. Okay. Starting with the shoulder taps. Ready? Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? I feel feel great. great. Yes. Yes. Sit down. Feel great. Give yourselves a hand and smile. Now, do you know what happens when you do this three times? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You probably would like something, so I I do. I should show you that.
0: I'm like I feel a little bit sweaty, but yeah. Other than That's that. good.
1: That's what you should feel, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, if you remember Pavlov? He rang a bell. He fed a dog. He rang a bell. Eventually, the dog drooled. You don't want to drool. <laughs> you do want more energy. Yeah. What we know now is that habits take 90 days, not 30 days, to form. So every day for 90 days, you tap your shoulders, slow, medium, fast. Your legs, slow, medium, fast. I feel great. Yes. You don't want to be in a meeting and tap your shoulders. You'll look strange. But you can grab your thumb and yes. say, I feel great. Yes, that's your bell. Okay. Your brain remembers you woke up each time a little more than you did the time before. And your brain remembers the state. And so we can trigger states. We can trigger a state of relaxation. We can trigger a state of focus. Even brilliance can be learned and triggered. And so we're able to create the emotional states we need before we need them. And what people need to do is think about what states would help them be successful at what they do and what states get in the way. And ahead of time, create the positive states and then you can trigger them when you need them. So when you go into that test, as soon as you start feeling nervous, you go into a relaxation If you find yourself getting tired, you get into excitation, you wake up. Mm -hmm. And by being able to create the states we need on demand, we're suddenly in the perfect state to succeed. Mm -hmm. Many people tell us things we need to do, but they don't tell us how to get in the right state to do it. And so even though we're we're, we're given good information, it doesn't work because our state of mind isn't matching the activity that we need to perform. So it's very important. So that's why I pay a lot of attention in my program to creating perfect emotional states so people can get through. And and that's one of the things I integrated from the questions people asked. I mentioned at the beginning, I put in all these EQ things. Some of them are subliminal. People don't even know I'm doing them, but know I'm doing them. And I'm doing them because these things push them through something that would have caused confusion in the past and because it's not going to cause confusion now because i'm giving them a state command yeah the state is eliminating the problem and that's why it has such a high success rate
0: awesome so howard this has been an absolute delight to chat with you today and i've learned so much just in our brief conversation how do the listeners, uh, if they want to read more about what you're working on, take your course, go even further and learn how to, to do these techniques even deeper? How do they go and do that?
1: Go to Berg Learning. It's spelled B-E-R-G, learning.com. We have a coupon, Yuri 10 We'll give you a 10% discount. There are free lessons there as well. So you can try every course before you buy it. Just so you know, when you do buy it, and you're going to want to because it's a really good program, (laughs) we have a support team that will make sure you learn it. And if they can't, I'll help you personally learn it. And if I can't, I'll give you your money back. I'm a Rotarian, and it's important to me that I get paid for doing my job, not for not doing my job. Mm -hmm. And so somebody isn't learning after they've given it a sincere effort and tried to get help. They should get their money back because they didn't get what they paid for. We make very few refunds because mm-hmm. people get what they paid for. We make sure of it and we make sure that they learn it. And this is perfect for your students to get higher grades. So they don't live with you after they're 40. <laughs> it's perfect for business people who have information. They must know like new rules and laws and technologies and business skills. And for the seniors who, who want to stay mentally fit. We had an 84-year-old read three books in three hours the day after she took the course. We Mm -hmm. even had a 92-year-old go 100% faster. So it's not an age thing. So it's something you can use for your business, give to your kids, and show your parents so everybody gets a benefit. Reading is reading. The difference is the kids read a science book and you're reading a spreadsheet, and the seniors are reading a novel. But everyone's doing the same activity for a different reason, but they're getting the outcome they needed. So it's berglearning.com, Yuri 10 and I want to thank you so much for having me. You know, one of the things I look at, I'm a grandparent. If you read the papers, no one's told me there's too many smart people making too many good decisions. That's the biggest problem we have right now. I'm not pointing any fingers. But I am saying that To find solutions, it's going to take people reaching their skill set at the peak. I can't fix everything, but if everyone learns faster and understands better, we each do what we do better, we can start solving a lot of these problems because everyone's connected. And that's why I go to a lot of these third world countries because I told the Green Berets, people who have money, have families, have homes, have careers, don't blow themselves up. My mm-hmm. job is to keep them from needing to do anything stupid so you don't have to shoot anybody. And now if they, they, they don't take the course, then they, you know, they're fair game. But everyone else, we're trying to help. And I think we'll have a better world where more people are learning and understanding and doing what they do best. And that's my hope, that this is not just about reading, but it's about learning the skills reading's a tool learning the skills that help you maximize your success so everybody wins Mm -hmm. we make a better world through knowledge not bullets and and that and that's my goal that's that's why i do this
0: and that's absolutely phenomenal thank you so much for you know for what you've provided and your dedication to making this available and and the world better and, and a better place to live so thank you so much um, so the listeners, if they go then to berglearning.com and use the promo code Yuri10, they will get 10% off. I will put all those links in the show notes so they can click right through. Howard, this has been an absolute delight and a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: And I'm going to send you my program for you to learn, so you'll be able to see how well it helps people.
0: <laughs> Excellent. This is what I liked. I will, and then we'll we'll follow up then uh, in however many weeks months and uh we'll see what progress i'd like
1: that next time we could talk about how to write a book in a day yes i did a book in five hours went number one the next day and i also have a program on how to be a genius and awaken your intuition and it's actually a learnable skill like anything else things could be learned some people are lucky they're born brilliant but a lot of people learn how to be smarter and and i found a way to teach it
0: perfect excellent yes we'll definitely follow up with that one again thank you so much i really appreciate it
1: thanks i enjoyed it
0: thank you for listening to another episode of the advance your podcast if you like this episode please go into itunes and give us a five-star rating and while you're there hit the subscribe button so that every single time i release a new episode it will go directly to you without even thinking about it If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.